0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories, adorable memes, and really cute selfies. All right, so today's guest is at the center of all the drama this season, and it just keeps getting crazier. I'm hoping that he'll strip down and bear the truth for me, and fingers crossed I don't have to play Jenga to get it. Please welcome, from Bravo Shots of Sunset, Adam Neely.
1: Actually, it's Adam Farhan, that's a correction.
0: Oh, Adam Farhan. How you doing, Adam?
1: I'm doing great, you know, just chilling at home with Reza, uh, Just you know, living life during this corona shutdown.
0: It's wild. How are you guys surviving this quarantine life?
1: Oh, you know, we have a lot of little projects around the house and, you know, having uh, all these fur fur animals, they kind of keep you really busy.
0: Oh I bet. So, are um, you are you guys doing any yeah, more so planting like, in the backyard?
1: Oh my god, I was getting ready to say that. We we totally like I went and got four six foot long raised flower beds and just filled it with uh, veggies and herbs just in case there's like a even larger epidemic where nobody can go to the grocery store. Smart. I have a grocery store at my house
0: now. Smart. I'm ready to open yeah. up a farm in my bathroom just to make sure I have like eggs and, and shit. Cause this is getting wild. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know I want a chicken so bad. I went to, the, we went to the store the other day and like they, they limit you to how much meat you can buy. And I was like, oh crap. Um, I just wanted chickens. I can have some eggs or something.
0: I know. They're rationing everything out. Well, it's because like the other day I was at Whole Foods and then I saw this guy and he had like eight, like a stack of of eight different ground turkey. And I'm like, you're one person. Why are you buying eight? It's because people are overbuying everything. And I'm like, you don't need all of this stuff. I want to know what people are going to do. People have like toilet paper for like the next two years.
1: I know. It's ridiculous. There's a lady uh, who just got reamed. She went to a store and bought them out of toilet paper, filled up her pickup truck and the videos online and people were just berating her um, just because that was kind of a douche maneuver, a douche move.
0: Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> Since we're all stuck and we're all quarantined, I'm sure every time we go on Twitter and Facebook, all we see is COVID-19 this and Corona that. So I want to make sure, so that's, the, those are the only two terms we're not allowed to use on the show for the next, like, three weeks. We're not allowed to say coronavirus, <laughs> we're not allowed to say COVID-19. Um, but people have been loving the Sunset this season, which is wild. I've been following it, and the past two episodes have had me on, like, the edge of my couch. Um So I'm curious to know, since you're kind of at the center of a lot of what's going on, what are your thoughts about the season overall so far? And is there anything you want to defend or clarify before we get into some of these questions that people sent in?
1: Um, My thoughts on the season is it's really, it's taken a turn to something that I never expected would happen. It's... yeah, it's really dark and got really nasty really quick. Um, but the silver lining to everything is that some relationships got a lot closer and a lot tighter than what they were before all the negativity came out. Um, sure, you know what? I I was guilty with the, uh, the text exchange. Everyone knew that, and I took ownership of it. And unfortunately, you don't get to see that on the show. So, do you want to? It was a two-way street.
0: Do you, you want to clarify what the actual text messages were? Because Ellie's kind of come out, and he said that you know you were sending him like dick pics three to four times a day, and sending him really inappropriate messages. Um, do you want to clarify what it is you actually sent him, and get your side of of what it is?
1: Yeah, the things that were sent. It was a two-way street. Uh, they were like random gifs, random. Pictures, random links. That in the gay community, it's common for friends to, who have no romantic tie, to send those to each other. Um, And he's claiming that he told me to stop him, which is completely untrue. I had text messages where he actually encourages the behavior. Um, Because what's funny about the whole situation is, like, he's only had like one or two scenes I believe I, I have I've only seen two episodes of the season um and I know that he's only had like one or two scenes but it's kind of funny how someone who's had only one or two scenes who's just a uh, you know a groupie is going out of their way to uh to, to like personally attack my relationship with Reza um and the reason why I say attack is because in this scene that I saw where Reza and him got into an altercation, MJ's friend said, um, oh, I have no ill intent or no ill will, no maliciousness, whatever, whatever sentence he said. And it's like, mm, you're kind of contradicting yourself now, dude, because you're like on a rampage to just like trash my name, trash and trash Reza's name and you know it's like wow where where was the original intent it's like there's there's an um an ulterior motive here right and hopefully hopefully people can see that because it's like you you bring this stuff to the table but then you're continuing to belittle my relationship with Reza and go against everyone who's got receipts that put you in the negative
0: um this is what yeah, I found interesting. My, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh no, I mean, that's kind of my take on. Like, there's more to it than what I can say. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of the
0: gist of it. So this is my kind of take on it because so after so Reza was on the show a few weeks ago and after Reza came out and did his interview or after we released the interview with Reza on this show Ali had then emailed into us and said that he wanted to come on the show to clarify his side of things and at first I was kind of like okay I believe everybody has a right to tell their side of the story especially when something comes out on reality tv it's obviously an edited version of what really happened so at first I was open to the idea of hearing what he had to say but then when i actually spoke to him we didn't record it but i it was like a pre-interview when i actually spoke to him he told me that he had other podcasts already lined up which to me was kind of like if you just want to tell your story and he told me that the podcast that he had already had lined up within the next day um and to me i was like and it was heather mcdonald's podcast which will um I have a couple of clips from that I, or a couple of quotes from that I want to ask you about. But so once he told me he was already doing Heather's podcast, I was like, well, if you really just want your story out there, all you need is one really good show to kind of get your side across. You don't need to do a podcast junket to kind of talk to all of these different people and get your side of it if you really weren't interested in the attention of it all. And
1: especially when you're a nobody. It's like you're a nobody, you've had one scene and now you're trying to get all these interviews and in your social media bio, you switch it to hashtag Child's of sunset, hashtag Bravo TV. DM me for inquiries, and all that was in his social media bio before he he uh, before the show even started airing, yeah, or promos even started airing. Which I just find that to be like kind of like slimy and thirsty.
0: Yeah so in his interview with Heather it was the it was on her podcast Juicy Scoop so he said that the strip jenga the whole incident that he was referring to about strip janga actually happened well over a year before it came up when you guys were filming on the show. He said that this happened back in 2018 and that the reason he decided to bring it up is because, I guess you guys all went on a trip to Vegas and in that, it was during that trip that he says that you were slut-shaming him for hooking up with a guy in Vegas during, I believe it was MJ's bachelorette party, so he said one, he was upset that you were were slut-shaming him those are his words, and then He said that there was um, apparently a night where you had some champagne and you wanted to open and spill it all over MJ while she was asleep and he stopped you from doing so. And that the next morning you called him and told him that him stopping you from pouring the champagne on MJ was him taking camera time away from you and you weren't happy about that and you told him to never take away your camera time again. And he says that since then, he was really cut out of the group and everyone kind of stopped talking to him. So I want to know what your response to that is.
1: I mean, that's partially true, but it's not really true. Yes, in Vegas, uh, he did take a bottle away from me. Oh, actually, no, in Vegas, I actually never did slut shame him. Like this, other things that I totally could shame, that I could still shame him for, but I never did. I have many friends from many different walks of life. Some are more promiscuous than others, but I do not shame them. Um, but in Vegas, what he's referring to is that um, he hooked up with a guy one night, and then the next day he sent a picture of this guy that he hooked up with to everyone, fully naked um he sent it to all the girls in the group and oh hold on my husband wants to interject (laughs) hey
2: i may have said something in the party bus i may have done some slut shaming (laughs) which was very much deserved because this guy doesn't understand time and place when you're in a bus with a bunch of people a lot of straight men a lot of straight women and a lot of people that don't necessarily care about your orientation but don't want to hear salacious details about someone's sex life you have to understand time and place and who you're with and how close you are with people yeah and other than mj and his relationship prior with adam this guy wasn't very close with anyone on the bus to be telling really graphic stories about himself. We don't know him like that. Yeah. It's inappropriate regardless of your orientation.
0: So he's saying that he was close to all of you guys prior to that trip to Vegas mm-hmm. that and he said he also but only I, sent the photos to Gigi and so he's saying she's the one that circulated them within the group. That's
2: not. True. The problem with him is like I have text messages between him and Gigi where he was saying that Destiny was his best friend. The problem with him is, if you go back to the text messages or the tweets from 2011, 2012, he was a groupie. He was texting Andy and a bunch of people asking to be the bartender, commenting on our show. I didn't know about these tweets. And he literally was so aggressively trying to be my friend to the point where it was one of my gay bestie's birthdays. His name is Jefferson Hendrick. He bought Jefferson a pair of very, very expensive, inappropriately expensive sunglasses for Jefferson's birthday in an attempt to get closer to me. But what that did for me was alert me to how thirsty and desperate and inappropriate he was that he was trying to garner favor with me by buying one of my closest friends, a really expensive birthday present to try and get closer. Everything he was doing was calculated and it was really pushing me away. And every one of my red flags was going up. And what I should have done, which I didn't then, was tell my husband, this guy is thirsty and friend jumping. Stay away from him. But I didn't want to be that guy. And I didn't want to say it to anyone else in the group. I just kept my distance. I never wanted to have anything to do with him. Cause I really truly recognized all the signs I've been on a reality show for 10 years. Yeah. I could tell what he was about and what he wanted to do. And then the stories came out that he was telling that MJ was coaching him, telling him to be like, quote, quote, unquote, you need to be like Marlo. Mm. So, you know, when, when you, understand the whole scope of everything he was an operator and he wanted to infiltrate and get close and he almost achieved it you know what i mean yeah he almost got there and obviously i don't want to control adam's interview i want to let him <laughs> stay and do whatever he wants but the problem with him this guy is he doesn't understand social norms and he doesn't understand how people feel about him yeah so he may be saying I was close with all of these people, when in all actuality, he was just so thirsty and desperate and friend-jumping and aggressively pursuing every single person that came around. He was even pursuing people that were on the periphery of my friend circle, people whose number I didn't even have in my cell phone. He had their number.
0: Yikes. Yeah, well, so he did say something about you specifically in the interview. He did. He said that the reason he thinks that you guys, what you hold against him is that he is, he's obviously now got a few scenes on the show. And he says that he, that people see him as more relevant. This is his direct quote, more, more relevant and funnier. And that you guys just aren't happy in your relationship. And that's why you're trying to ex X him out of the show.
2: Uh, to be honest with you, I I never wanted to say these things, but his laugh sounds like that of a dying hyena. He dresses really inappropriately. The sound of his voice makes me want to stick a screwdriver in my ear. And he's so thirsty and aggressive towards my friends and people I bring around that I'm humiliated. I associate with a lot of people who have a high net worth, who have a high standing in the community, who are Persians are doing really big things i'm embarrassed to bring him around my people i don't want him telling stories about whatever sexual escapades he's having he doesn't understand how to act in social situations it has nothing to do with him being funnier he sounds like a hyena he does not understand social norms or mores in the persian community he's very inappropriate And he's not someone that I want to have around anyone that I love, trust, or do business with. That's the real teeth. Him being funny or him being whatever he thinks he is, those are all narratives and stories that are happening in his head. If you go on his social media, which, you know, when my husband was friends with him, I would see on my husband's phone once in a while. All of his pictures are not pictures of someone who associates with people that are doing big things in life. Like it's embarrassing for me to be associated with someone like him. It that's the those are the facts. It's not about anything other than how do I explain this person who's telling these grotesque stories yeah. around my social circle. It's it's someone that doesn't understand how to behave and will impact my life in a negative way. He can tell stories about me and my husband's marriage from now until kingdom come. He doesn't know us well enough to tell any stories. And the little bit that he got or that he knew in the last few years was stuff that he heard from MJ. And that was a betrayal of my friendship with MJ, the fact that she would share stories with someone who knew, someone who she knew, was not a friend to me or my husband. He was actually more like an enemy.
0: No, I mean, it sounds like he is definitely loving the attention that he's getting from the show right now. And the fact that he talks about the strip Jenga that he admits happened well over a year before it was brought up on camera, that also just sounds like he was looking for a way to gain a little more attention during the show this season.
2: Totally. Him and MJ sat on a story that was over a year old and sat on it until cameras went up, which tells me and the audience and the viewers everything that they should know about the validity or the strength or the relevance of what he's bringing up. If he's bringing something up from a year ago and making it seem like it was there was a level of urgency where he needed to come and sit and talk to me and confide in me like he was concerned for me, that's all preposterous. So you think, I don't like
0: you I think never, they planned this ahead of time? You think that MJ like was with him and that they came into this season wanting to make this a story? Of
2: course. Like... Of course they did. Of course they did. MJ was the one, and if you watch the episode, you could see Gigi's the one that told me when we were sitting there that she was telling him that this was, quote-unquote, borderline sexual harassment. Mm. And that's where the seed of sexual harassment was planted in his ear. Because if you think about it logically, someone who is as allegedly as promiscuous as him that would get slut-shamed, you can't slut-shame someone that's a prude or someone that's a virgin or someone that's very innocent. You slut-shame someone who's very promiscuous or is sharing stories about their escapades. So the fact that this person has the nerve to then later, a year or so later, after he claims I flood shamed him,
1: <clears throat>
2: Adam and I, or claiming that Adam fled shamed him, how do you get flood shamed and then also get sexually harassed? Yeah. He is all over the place with his story. And it's all about camera time, and notoriety and the reason why mj wanted to put him up to this is because she knew she could control him she would have him in his back pocket what she underestimated was his actual love and care for destiny because the minute destiny realized something was going on destiny is the one who ran to me and came to me and said listen something's up This is not the story that I thought. Because Destiny thought she was bringing someone to talk to me that had information that would help me. Like Adam was either cheating on me or or something was going on. When she realized that this was bigger than her, that, uh, that MJ and Ali were in cahoots with one another, she came and talked to me. And she told me everything. And the problem was, Ali loved Destiny. And threw MJ under the bus and admitted to Destiny that MJ was the mastermind. MJ put him up to this. MJ didn't want Ali telling Destiny because MJ wanted Destiny's natural reaction on camera when Ali told her. Mm. This was all choreographed. This was all practice. This was all something that happened behind the scenes. You could tell. And then when Ali came to me with all of those printouts, I took those printouts. I don't know if anyone caught it or not. But when I left that scene, I left with all the printouts that Ali brought. Mm -hmm. And I compared them to my husband's phone. And what I realized was that he was deleting all of his correspondence with my husband. Mm -hmm. So it just looked like my husband was texting him. Text after text after text. When in all actuality, when I brought the sheets and compared the sheets, the printouts that he brought to my husband's phone, they were identical. But for the fact that all of Ali's answers and all of Ali's picks, those were all
1: deleted. Mm.
2: So it was a very deliberate setup. So when I came home after the meeting with Ali and I compared the printouts to my husband's phone, I knew exactly what was going on. yeah, And I didn't want to have anything to do with anyone that had anything to do with Ali and MJ setting me up to take a fall or to jeopardize or damage my marriage with my husband, Right, that was the last straw.
0: So now that you've seen, now that it, all the pieces kind of started to click together and now that you know, you're know you all these months later after taping, do you do you regret at all bringing up the, or making the abortion comment when you actually came face-to-face with MJ? Because I feel I see like you've taken a lot of heat obviously. for that.
2: Obviously, obviously, I wish I had never said that. I wish I had never gone. I wish Nima had never told her to come to that party. Or if he did, I wish he would have given me a heads up so I wouldn't have shown up. I was there with so much anger and rage, resentment and betrayal that I acted very, very, very foolishly. But unfortunately, I had never been betrayed by my best friend of 30 years, nor did I know how I would act if I was forced into a confrontation with her. Because I didn't want to be there. You saw me try to leave. And what the audience didn't see was footage of Nima and Mike aggressively lying to me, telling me that MJ wanted to apologize and for me not to get into my Uber and for me to come down and talk to her. And when I came down, she told me to fuck off, get the fuck away from her. She threw drinks in my face and it just went downhill. But of course I regret it. Absolutely I regret it. There was no point in it. I said it because I was hurt and angry. I regret it every single day since then. I wish I had just walked away. Absolutely. It's something that I will regret for eternity. It's not something I wanted to do, but I was forced into an ambush situation by Nima and MJ. She came there wanting a confrontation and clearly from the way she acted, She wasn't there to make up with me. She came there locked and loaded to fight. And unfortunately, I took the bait and I acted very foolishly.
0: And do you want to clarify any of the comments that she made about you, about you guys cheating on each other and going to bathhouses? Like that was, she made a few pretty big accusations herself.
2: Yeah. I mean, first of all, anyone that knows me, I'm like a germaphobe. I... (laughs) going to a bathhouse, I don't even know where bathhouses are, and sweetie, I'm on TV. What fucking bathhouse am I going to? Yeah. That's one. And two, cheating on each other left and right, great. If that's what she thinks, no problem, but that's not the reality in my home. So it is what it is. Yeah. She was there to slander and defame me, and she pushed my buttons, pushed my buttons, pushed my buttons until I stupidly reacted and I wish I had just let her view her hate, come there, act a fool, and leave, but I ended up acting a fool. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it, it was a heated moment. It seems like a lot of people were getting involved. It seemed like, you know, it was just a, a heat of the moment reaction on both sides.
2: Totally, but as far as Nima is concerned, or for anyone in the future who has only known someone for two years, that person shouldn't get in between a 30-year friendship regardless of their intentions. Nima acts like his intentions were pure, but clearly they weren't. If I were telling someone to show up somewhere, to see someone, and there was a lot of bad blood between those two people, I might have coached the person showing up, the person that actually knew they were going to confront someone. I would just say, hey, listen, maybe come in with some pleasantries maybe come in with an olive branch maybe come in with the goal of trying to make things better
0: yeah do you think that there will ever be that opportunity it seems like every time she does an interview she says that she doesn't see you guys having any sort of relationship moving forward
2: yeah i mean first of all i don't ever the beauty of the situation is there's a lot of things that can and can't happen because of other people involved i have a husband who i love and adore and he has made some very specific rules about how i can proceed in my friendship with mj neither mj nor her husband are ever allowed in our home ever again And luckily, I have a three-year restraining order against her husband, so that's not an issue. Mm -hmm. And MJ's not allowed in our home. Adam doesn't want her to be a part of our marriage or a part of our day-to-day life. I'm not to share any personal information with MJ or any information that can be used against us. It's just, so can I be cordial? Yes. Is that what I'm optimistic about? Being cordial, being at a place where we don't want to kill each other that's my goal yeah Um, but as far as being friends with her I'm so angry and resentful and hurt by everything that she did behind the scenes that it would take a miracle for us to be friends again but I don't want to close that door and I don't want to say never you don't know what the future holds and obviously if she comes to me and says you know in hindsight this was all a big mistake I should have known as your best friend of 30 years that if you're enemies with someone, I should probably not kick it with them.
0: Yeah. Because
2: if the roles were reversed, I wouldn't kick it with someone that she was enemies with. It just it doesn't look good.
0: I agree. It Yeah, there's just so, a lot. It's gonna. It yeah. looks like there's a, a long road ahead for you guys and there will potentially be some mending, but it's definitely not happening next weekend. It's not happening while oh, you're quarantined. Definitely
2: definitely not happening next weekend definitely not happening while we're quarantined and for sure not happening before the reunion because clearly every time I watch an episode I hear another disgusting vile thing her husband is like I mean the things that come out of his mouth it's like a toxic waste dump so the fact that he's just spewing hatred left and right doesn't help the situation and just shows me that whatever is going on over there at that household is something that we want to steer clear of. There's just so much anger and toxicity coming out from their camp that makes me feel like we're doing the right thing.
0: Right. Well, hopefully you guys find some sort of, you know, healing through all of this, whether it is with a friendship or whether it's just the closure that, you know, this this chapter is done.
2: Absolutely. You're hundred percent right. And that's all we're looking for at this point.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Reza. I think we our listeners you sent in a couple of it. questions for Adam that I want to pick his brain Yeah, I'm gonna
2: pass it back. <laughs> I'm so sorry for hijacking the interview.
1: Hold no, on. It
0: was good. Hello. Hi. Um do
1: you wanted to pick up where we left in Vegas.
0: <laughs> well, um well we let me let's answer a couple of questions that people sent in for you. Okay. So first one is VMG two three two three. She wants to know what your profession is, Adam.
1: I am an editor. I work with a lot of uh, A list directors, a lot of Who's Who, A list actors, uh, very well known shows. Um, so I don't have a lot of free time.
0: Okay, Aaron and VM. So I'm, a- so oh. I'm actually I'm actually taking this Corona
1: quarantine kind of like a small vacation. I literally never have any free time.
0: How is your marriage doing right now? You guys are like quarantined in a house together. Like, I'm afraid people are going to start getting divorced soon.
1: (laughs) You know, I married my best friend. We we get along great. We communicate. We play games, card games. Just want to clarify
0: that. You're not playing strip Um, jenga?
1: No, like I've never played strip jenga, unfortunately. Like, it sounds like a fun time, but... (laughs) You know, I've never played it. Uh. Um and then we just doing yard work together. Uh, you know, we actually we uh, just lost one of our one of our pets um Friday night. So
0: Oh I'm so sorry. You know, we've
1: been dealing with that and that brought us closer together. Um, so it's just been a lot of uh we just get along great. Like we rarely ever argue.
0: That's good. Aaron wants to know how you guys actually met. How did you meet Reza?
1: Uh we, we did meet at the gym mm-hmm. and I actually did go up to Reza while he was on uh, doing some cardio. And I was like, oh, you know my friend. And he, cause I, I was on Facebook and I saw him in a picture with one of my friends and he was like, no I don't. And, and then it, it just stemmed from there, something from there on. Like, you know, he'd give me a little nod, a little wink here and there. And then it turned out we lived a couple blocks from each other so then I think the season that we got married yeah. Uh, like when when we were getting married, he told some stories about how I would show up to his door butt naked and which is true and you know, we, we had some fun. Oh my god. Like I love it. and that's how we met.
0: I love it. Um Kelly Tottenham wants to know, what's the last thing you text Ellie?
1: Oh, the last thing I text him. The last thing I texted MJ's friend was um, um, a few months ago. uh, I found out some stuff about his mom. And at the time, um, it's like, I don't want to air his dirty laundry, but his mom's health is, you know, it isn't that great. And I got wind of it, I reached out to him. And I said, um, you know, just thinking about your mom, I hope she does better. I hope, you know, I wish you the best in life. And that was it. Um, but prior to that, uh, I had not responded to any of his text messages since February, hold on, since April of 2018. And the reason why I know it's April was because I had stopped being friends with him the day after we got back from Vegas mm and i I stopped responding to all his text messages he he hit me and Reza up to go to his birthday dinner I think in October and then I ran into him uh at mJ's holiday party in December of 2018 and then he texted me and Reza either that night or the next day and we never responded mm. um, so that was so the last time I texted him was to send my condolences on his mom. And then prior to that was April of
0: 2018.
1: So, so I, I had zero contact with him.
0: So Reza's talked about how what he sees for his friendship with MJ moving forward. Do you see any reconciliation or chance to be friends with Ali in the future moving forward? Or have you guys really just kind of cut him out?
1: Never, I will never ever be friends with him again. Um, I'm actually the one who cut him out. Because um, the day we got back from Vegas, like while we were in Vegas, he was talking trash about me to Gigi and MJ um, via text message. And I was reading it as they were coming in on Gigi's phone, and I was even responding as if I wore Gigi. Um, and I was like, you know what? Fine. Uh, I'm after Vegas. I will not, never, ever speak to him ever again. So come the next day, we're back in Vegas. I call them up and I say, and I said, um, look, the, our friendship has around its course and I cannot be friends with you anymore because you were talking um, crap about me in Vegas and I introduced you to these people and they're my friends and you're talking trash about me to my friends, the people I introduced you to, that's not cool. And he got heated, hung up on me, and immediately started texting Gigi. And then Gigi hits me up, sends me screen grabs, and she's like, I don't know what's going on between y'all, but um, this is what he's saying. And I never gave anyone an ultimatum about staying friends with him. Mm -hmm. And I have, and MJ can concur with this, because I have text messages between me and MJ where I said, you can be friends with him. Just please don't invite us the same things that you're inviting him to. I said that to everybody. So he, at one time or another, had made the people on the cast very upset. He's, even in Vegas, he made everyone on the cast very upset. And he pissed off a lot of people on production to the point where even the crew were yelling at him. Mm. Um, like there's a bunch of little things but like i clipped him out of my life and once i clip you out you're done i will never ever talk to you ever again i will never acknowledge you like if i see you at the same party i will not talk to you and that's that's exactly what's been going on like i refuse to talk to him refuse to look at him refuse to be in the same room i will never talk to him ever again
0: I mean it makes sense after everything he's kind of put you guys through and again the the time lapse the fact that you guys haven't had any communication since April of 2018 but yet filming started in 2019 and that's when he decided to bring all of these accusations up it did seem a little convenient.
1: Yeah and like and he only brought it up with the camera right there. Yeah. It's just like and he even admitted to to having uh to, to being vindictive and having to be payback for slut-shaming him in Vegas and having everyone cut him off. Like, if he had such great relationships with these people, then why, why are they so quick to cut him off for? Like, it doesn't make sense.
0: Well, he says that the reason uh, Destiny decided to jump onto Reza's camp and support you guys is because she realized that that was her advantage on the show and that s- siding with Ali wasn't really going to get her much, that it was more of a leverage. Um... Could it, it couldn't
2: have been because she realized how disgusting their behavior was. It couldn't be because... She uncovered a plot that was happening behind the scenes. It had to be something about leverage.
1: Yeah, Destiny, she has a, a lot of receipts.
2: And Destiny was devastated. Destiny literally was so horrified and devastated that she was mixed up with something. She showed up with receipts that you wouldn't believe.
1: Yeah, like she she was upset that she lost her friendship with atlee She truly was upset. Like she would call me crying like for weeks because like he helped her out. Uh, you know, when she needed someone, he was right there. He was her shadow. And um she was devastated by the loss of that friendship.
2: But it was also she was also hurt because she realized that it was her friendship with Ali was choreographed by MJ. MJ set them up. MJ would do FaceTime calls with the other two. She was the one that was pushing for this friendship to happen so she could use Ali and Destiny to unleash this during the
0: season because she wanted to keep her hands clean.
1: I mean, exactly what Reza said. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, it sounds like Destiny, unfortunately, also had to lose that friendship with him and realize that, like, it was there was a bigger plot that she was a, a pawn in until she kind of woke up to it. And that's why she decided to stay yeah, with her. Exactly. guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, she she finally got a clue, woke up, and Destiny realized what was going on. And she took a step back from from the people who were trying to get her to do nasty things. Um and so that's that's why Destiny is no longer friends with MJ and her friends.
0: So Kelly also wants to know, while we're talking about Destiny, do you think that Sarah should have been more upset about Destiny hooking up with her brother? What were your thoughts on that?
1: No. Sarah and her had no friendship. Like, they barely know each other. And, like, Sarah, she's she was already, you know, saying certain things about Destiny. That, that weren't nice anyway. So why why would she go out of her way to be, like, I guess, support a friendship with Sarah when she was never really friends with her?
2: But also, Sarah's intention in keeping her, in keeping Destiny away from her brother is very crystal clear. And I love Sarah. I don't have an issue with Sarah at, at all. Same
1: here. She, she's great.
2: I don't have an issue with her. But Sarah knew that her brother was access to her history And whatever front she's keeping up now, you know, post breaking up with R. Kelly, post everything, she wants to be, like, respected, and she wants to come across as dignified. And her brother gives Destiny and potentially the rest of the cast access to Sarah's history. And if you're in a new group of friends and you're trying to keep your fronts up, what is the worst case scenario for you? Someone from your past that can actually spill the tea on your childhood, your teenage years, all your shady shit that we all have. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else. But when you have another human being on the show that can open the door to the cast and destiny about everything from your past, it's not a good feeling. And that's what I think Sara was doing. She was trying to keep the door closed on her past.
1: Mm. You know, Destiny Destiny and Sara's brother are also two adults, so they they can make their own decisions. Like, Sara's not her brother's mother.
0: What do you guys hope for to come at the reunion when everybody's kind of all faced together and has to hash everything out, knowing, obviously living through this past season, what do you hope to gain from the reunion?
1: Clarity. Clarity and the truth.
2: The truth and... Honestly, like you said, some sort of agreement about being cordial and being able to move forward
1: uh, in truth. It's like there's going to be a lot that comes out at the reunion. And there's things that they, that MJ and her team, I guess, they, they, they we have a lot of information that they don't know about. And um, it's like hard receipts that you cannot deny.
0: What do you think was her motivation in bringing all of this up and kind of making you guys look like the bad guys this season? If it seemed like you guys were all friends going into the new season, where do you think she came from? Or like what was her intention behind bringing all of this up and getting Ali to Did do her, her
2: dirty work? Was- Her intention was, unfortunately, something that she's been resentful of for many, many, many years. MJ committed bank fraud in the 90s, and I was the only one because I'd known her for 30 years. And during the season two reunion, I brought it up. And if you go on RadarOnline.com and you Google MJ Bank Fraud Radar Online, you'll get the article that talks about how she stole $100,000 from the bank that she worked at. She blamed some Nigerians. And when she was getting her real estate license, she had to get a, um, it's not like a full real estate license. It's some sort of restricted license for someone who has a criminal past. And she told Destiny that she was very resentful that I had brought that up. And Destiny's only been a cast member for a few years. So this is from season two. We're on season eight. So for her to bring it up to Destiny and let Destiny know that she's still resentful tells me that she wanted to get me and she wanted to keep her hands clean. and this was the perfect situation.
1: Well she had also, I felt like she, she started doing all this put everything in motion because she wasn't planning on coming back. She but, wasn't planning um, on coming back bizarre, on the show? This, yeah, because she, she, she sent out a text message to everyone saying deuces.
2: A WhatsApp.
1: Uh, uh, a WhatsApp. Um, and she said that she's going to be at home watching the show, deuces. And she created enough of a storyline to where we had to mention her and to where she was able to be brought back just because she had such a, a strong foothold inside the the issue that was going on. That like, where where is this other uh, person who's involved? That we need that person's explanation as well and that person's point of view, and that way she was able to get back onto the show.
0: So was she let go from the show, or she was choosing to not return for the new season, or what? That she wanted more money. She,
2: more money. <laughs> she was doing she was doing interviews all over town while she was pregnant talking about if they don't give her what
1: she's worth, she's not coming back. And then so finally the the show was like, fine, adios, Spike. Um, and like, even with her early, like her, her very first interviews post baby, like she was saying all these lies, saying nobody came and visited me, nobody reached out. Like Reza has the text messages. I have the text messages from my phone where I was like, I'll come see you, where she also told me not to come. Like. She told everyone not to come. Everybody reached out to her. But yet she's spreading all these lies and all these interviews post-baby. It just wasn't, things were not adding up and things weren't making sense. Well,
2: not, I blocked her while she was in the text their text messages back and forth between us. Up until the phone call, was, up until the moment she sent that deuces email where she's like, I'm out of deuces, fuck all of you. I was talking to her.
1: Yeah, we were both talking to her. And the very last text message I ever sent to her, um, uh, before she came back, was like, oh, I love you guys, you know, take care w- uh, with the baby. Uh, let me know when I can come by and see you. Congratulations. And then from that moment forward is when uh, she sent her friend to, with Holly's old receipts,
0: so do you guys feel I, like it's a little unfair for you this season because she's coming into it? And I feel like a lot of people are on her side right now because we just saw her have a baby and now she's a new mom and she's married. And so now it kind of feels like she has a little bit more of a wholesome image on the show.
1: Um, I mean, I do feel that that people do sympathize with her more because, yeah, she she's a new mom. She just had a baby. And some very embarrassing medical information was released. And unfortunately that goes against, uh, with what our initial issue with her and problem is. Um, so yeah, I, I do think a lot a lot of people are sympathizing with her more, but are they also sympathizing with her more? Cause she's got a loud obnoxious husband, but yeah, just keep watching the show and things more things going to come to light. Uh, the- more
2: more <laughs> clues. The good thing is she <laughs> dropped a lot of crumbs along the way. So if the audience just keep picking up all the, as uh, Golnesta calls them, baguettes, but if you keep collecting the huge crumbs that she dropped, everyone in the end will get to the Marlowe series. The, oh, that was Borderline sexual harassment. Like MJ literally spoon fed him all of this stuff, amped him up, told him she could get him on the show and wanted him to be quote unquote, the Marlowe.
0: Okay, well, it sounds like the season's only gonna get juicier. So I wanna thank you guys for, for calling in during your very busy quarantine to chat with me. Anything else okay, you guys- Okay, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Actually- yeah, let, let me clarify the whole Vegas thing. Okay. Um, so before Redza came on, uh, so you know, Ali did pull a bottle out of my hand, but that, like, that didn't make me up. It made me. It bothered me because he jerked it out of my hand, and he was just a groupie being in a shot. For him to to say that I that I was worried about me getting camera time, can it be any further from the truth? Like, you look at me from what you know about me off the show. It's like, I'm quiet, I'm reserved. I don't really care to be up in the mix. Like this is the only interview with you that for this season that I've done. It's like, if I wanted my camera time, why am I not, why am I not out there like getting like more shots and like more interviews? It's because it's just not a priority in my life. Right. But with the whole Vegas bottle thing, yeah, that did happen. He did rip a bottle out of my hand. I did have a conversation with him the following day, um, letting him know about other conversations that he was not privy to that was between me and production. Um, so like his whole theory about him pulling a bottle out of my hand and that's why I'm not friends with him anymore. It's so beyond the truth. It's like, I'm an easygoing guy. Like if you can rip a bottle out of my hands, it's not going to make me stop being friends with you. But obviously there had been issues prior to that. For me to stop being friends with
0: you. It's interesting how there's that theory about the way you see other people is kind of a reflection of yourself. It's all the things that you don't want to see. So it's funny how he's calling you thirsty, yet he's kind of the one that's out there trying to book more interviews, trying to get himself out there, you know, trying to gain more attention and exposure through the show. And, you know, it's and you don't seem to be doing that. And I think your behavior kind of speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know what? I, I kind of want everything to blow over. I'm sure people will probably say I want to blow over because I'm the one who's to blame. You know, rightfully so. If I'd never had that type of a text conversation with someone who I thought was a friend, then none of this would ever have happened. And as for the whole Naked Jenga thing, he's releasing text messages between my friend Marvin and him, but Marvin never acknowledges anything about Naked Jenga. And Marvin had a lot to drink that night. And, oh, here's another thing about Naked Jenga I do want to point out. I never have anyone over to my house without Reza knowing. So Reza was aware that I was having two friends over to go swimming that night. Um, it had nothing to do with playing Naked Jenga. I told Marvin from jump that I was just joking. Oh, Marvin. I was telling MJ's friend that I was joking from jump, like, the second it came out of my mouth out of my mouth i told him i'm just joking and he's running with it like i was being serious like oh it happened there's proof i i have it but like where's the proof marvin in the text message never acknowledged anything about naked jenga and it's like the people who he's saying that i sexually harass are saying the same thing about him and not about me which kind of blows his story put big hole it puts big holes in his story to where his story is unbelievable and if you listen to his interviews like he's all over the place he contradicts himself and things that he says and does on the show uh, to how he's trying to explain it because like i haven't listened to any of his interviews there's people who will send me like bullet points just because they know I can't look at him. I can't even hear his voice because right. it's so cringing. <laughs> but, you know, I agree with you. Like, he's, he's he's seeking out interviews because he has a story he wants to tell. And he used, he's using Twitter as a platform to, to tell his side of the story. Really, it's like you brought something to the table that you wanted Reza to acknowledge. And now that nobody's talking about it and it's all being swept under the 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 rug... And the viewers in the show are focusing on main cast storylines. Like, why are we going to focus on an extra background person's uh, storyline? Like, that's nothing to do with the main cast. But he's just trying to stay relevant. He
0: even said that he's been interviewed to join the cast a couple of times in every season. They've never asked him to join the cast. Like, after the interviews, they've never decided to move forward with him on the show.
1: Um, I... So before season seven started, he had told me that as well. He said, oh, I'm, I'm interviewing with them. But it's like when when I spoke to them, it's like, no, he doesn't have that quality that we're looking for. Um, it's like, I, I don't know why they would have interviewed him a second time, but maybe they did. I don't know. Um, it's like he he did tell me and several other people who are not even related to the show that he would do anything to get onto the show there's old tweets of his where he was tweeting andy where he was tweeting uh team mj from like ages ago even when i first met him the very first time i met him was at a a, a mutual friend's birthday dinner he had recognized me and he's And he said, oh, I would be best friends with MJ. If we ever met, I'd be best friends with her. And it's like the second I introduced them, it's like, oh, where's where's my friend? My friend is no longer my friend. My friend is hanging out with one of my close friends, Um, which was MJ. It's like he immediately was hanging out with MJ and had her phone number the same day. And then he was hanging out with her by himself the next day it's like who does that what kind of a good friend does that it's like after being friends with him for a short period of time he he was like oh you're my best friend but like i i don't call someone my best friend after like knowing them you know for a short brief time right like sure i i have known him for four years maybe five years at this point but I was only really friends with him that third year. He was only acquaintance for the first two years that I, I had known him. Um, it's like when I light someone into my inner circle, it takes a while. And I just don't become like super close with you and chummy with you that quick.
0: <clears throat> well, it sounds like he will probably not be back next season, I think it's safe to say. His his storyline has been exhausted at this point
1: yeah exhausted pushed under the rug you know and he's just trying to keep his story alive yeah so that he he has a reason to come to the reunion but it's like nobody else is really talking about him the only person who's talking about him is his friend mj because mj wants him to clear her name yeah and he's the only one who can do it um but what's funny is like all these things he's putting out there that people are showing me that he's saying, like we have evidence and receipts that goes against everything he's saying. Um, which is kind of ridiculous. Um but but you know what, I guess he can't keep track of his stories because he deleted a lot of the stuff from the text messages that were between him and myself. And he can't remember what he deleted.
0: Well, I guess we're going to see at the reunion. All right, Adam, is there anything else you want to plug or promote or clarify before we close it out? Um, Just that,
1: you know what? It was a two-way street. These text messages were a two-way street.
0: Yeah. Um, They were
1: encouraged. My behavior was encouraged. Um, and you're not denying your involvement.
0: This- you're not denying that you sent anything that could have maybe no. been a little inappropriate.
1: No. Oh, and... And the initial confrontation that happened between Reza and myself
0: uh, with Naked
1: Jenga, yeah, I look a certain way because I had been—I was joking about it when I said it more than a year prior. In addition to that, I was drinking that night. And so, like, I'm caught off guard. You know, things come at me from from the left and the right. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. It took me a second to remember. Um, but other than that, it was a two-way street they just as many text messages were coming from him as they did for me. And again, the behavior was encouraged. So for him to victimize himself and try and get onto the bandwagon of hashtag me too. Um, yeah. and feel like he doesn't have a, uh, a voice because he's a guy that is so far from the truth. He's victimizing himself and, and he's going to look like an idiot later in the season. Um, especially when all the receipts that we have are, are all laid out on the table. Like he's going to have a lot of explaining to do. And hopefully, you know, hopefully for him, uh, when all these receipts do come out, uh, it's not going to affect his career because he's, um, he's a pharmacist. Yeah. Uh, and like a, a lot of the receipts that everyone has may make him have to find a new career. Because they're that bad and not incriminating that helps go with the the art side of the story. Well so that's 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 basically everything um that I needed to say and that I wanted to say.
0: Well I look forward to seeing seeing what happens at the reunion and seeing hopefully getting to see some of these receipts, Adam. I'm ready.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, but I'm not going to be the childish person like some other people who are involved by releasing old text messages. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you know what? Sure. I, people do send me screen grabs of things that are being said on Twitter and I just find it to be so ridiculous. And so, excuse me, so far from the truth, just to try and get a little bit of, um, oh God, I know what the word is, just a little bit of notoriety, I guess, by releasing old text messages. And it's like, dude, get over it. Yeah. You're not going to be
0: cast. Seems like with but, all the times yeah, they've interviewed him, he, or with all the times the producers have interviewed him, it doesn't look like he's gained any spot on the show. But... Thank you, Adam. Thank you, and thank Reza for me, please, because he also <laughs> jumped in and gave us some some good scoops, some good insider tea <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to hear. So thank you guys for calling in and I hope you guys stay safe and stay healthy and hopefully don't kill each other by the end of this quarantine because we're going to be locked up for a minute.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Reza and I, we have lots of things we want to do together. Uh, again, we're best friends. We're great. And because everything that's happened has brought us closer together, and that's the silver lining. I love it. All right, well then, um, thank you, Adam. Real quickly, what are
0: your social handles for people to to give you a follow?
1: The only social handle that I have is on Instagram, and it's the Adam Neely.
0: The Adam Neely on Instagram. No OnlyFans accounts, right? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> never
1: like I, I actually you know what I'm not I'm not gonna knock on anyone who, who does have those types of accounts but I have no need to I have an amazing husband I have a job I'm independent um I love it so that's it like I, I, I it. don't need that extra account
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Reza. Guys, don't forget to listen to hashtag nofilter with Zach Peter every Monday, Wednesday. And while we're quarantined Fridays as well, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, new episodes of hashtag nofilter on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, also on YouTube if you want to catch clips of the show. Thank you so much again, Adam and Reza. And also check out Reza's hair care line. Reza, be obsessed. I love it. Um, all right, guys. I will talk to you this Wednesday. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach or our show at No Filter with Zach for all the latest No Filter dish. All right, guys. I will talk to you Wednesday. Bye.